0: Welcome into to another edition of Home Run Throwback, I am Drew Morris, joined as always by Easton Freeze. Easton, how are you tonight? I am tired, but otherwise feeling great. Yeah, that was quite a game. Got a lot to get Wild into. Wild game. Yeah, absolutely. But before we do that, remind you as always, this is Home Run Throwback, a Broadway Sports Media podcast. Just search out Home Run Throwback wherever you get your podcasts and you will find us there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM, Easton is at Easton Freeze. Easton also does a Titans Ten podcast, which again you can get wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Titans Ten. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. All right, so the Titans get a—I I mean, what well, turns out to be a really big win tonight, uh, 20 to 17 over the 49ers. A game that at halftime, I mean, it, it almost felt like it was over. Right, the Titans were down 10 to nothing at halftime and with an offense that had done basically nothing. The defense, again, had played well. I mean, the the first drive for the 49ers was – I mean, the 49ers did whatever they wanted to on that first drive. And honestly, on the second drive, they kind of did the same thing before Jackrabbit Jenkins had the pick in the end zone. But right. the – I mean, the defense figured it out, obviously. Um, Those first two
1: drives were the worst the Titans' defenses looked yeah, in a long absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because uh, they didn't get – they. I don't think the 49ers got to third down on the first two on those first two drives. They
1: did not. On their first two drives, they didn't have a single third down. Cal yeah. Shanahan, Shanahan was in his bag tonight. And he's good. I mean, we
0: know that. And, and we yeah. know that coming in. Um, but, you know, I, and I said at halftime, listen, 10 nothing felt like 30 to nothing with the way that the offense had played. I think, right, and well, that's,
1: that's why it didn't feel like it was over to me at halftime because it's one of those games where when a team is so dominant in a half or in a quarter – and the score doesn't reflect that, it's just red flags always go up for that team, uh, in my opinion. You know, well, when it's 10-0 and the Niners are just murdering the Titans, it's like that, that should, number should be a lot bigger, and that does not bode well for them, and ultimately it didn't.
0: It, it almost felt like Bizarro last week, right?
1: Where it literally Titans,
0: did. Yeah, where the Titans had dominated the first half, and they were, I don't remember what the score was at halftime. 13 nothing. 13 nothing. yeah, so something like that. Um, and and I had pointed that out. Joe Rexroad said something about that at halftime, and you know he said something where the Titans didn't capitalize on the turnover like the Steelers had the week before. But the difference there was, you know, the Titans had that pick in in the opponent's end zone, right? Mm-hmm. The Steelers the Steelers turnovers came deep in you know their own territory. Right. right. I mean, you know, in, in Titans territory, so I mean, they, they got, didn't got to great do field anything. position off anything. Right. The yeah, right. good field position, kick a field goal. I mean, we, we went through all that last week, but. Um I listen, I, I thought Downing was terrible in the first half. Um we have been
1: it's not even an opinion. Just it's just yeah, factually he was yeah. a, atrociously bad.
0: And I mean on one hand you get it, right? because you're looking at an offensive line, an offensive line that has been bad when they've been at full strength. And tonight they didn't have Taylor LeWan or, or Roger Saffold. And then you get news at some point this afternoon that Kendall Lamb has tested positive for COVID, so you're not gonna you're not gonna have him. You have Dylan Raiden starting at left tackle, and we've talked so much about the disappointment that Raiden's has been. The fact that you know when he was drafted in the second round last year, you assumed that at some point he was going to take over the right tackle position this year. That hadn't happened. They've had been playing him at guard. He hadn't even been
1: able to get on the field at guard. He started left tackle yeah. tonight, and I thought was serviceable. I, mean, I was about to say it, yeah. he wasn't a disappointment tonight. He 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 exceeded, I, I cannot wait, and and again, this is, I bet you'd probably say the same thing, this is the kind of thing I can't wait to see the numbers on, and I can't wait to hear from people that are smarter than than I am about offensive line play, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an offensive line genius, but just anecdotally, and I was, you know, at the game, kept an eye on him the entire time, made a note to, you know, just keep watching him, and and he in the first half, I mean, the entire line was, was not all that great, the entire offense was not all that great, um, it was actually horrible, but in the second half, I didn't notice him all that much, you know, and, and I, again, I, just, I really want to look at the numbers. I know Ryan Tannehill praised him and those other guys that were filling in uh, in the postgame, but, man, he was – it was impressive to me, especially given that it sounds like he's been playing at right tackle, right guard with the Titans, you know, as long as he's been here. You know, he played left tackle, of course, in college, but he right. was drafted and the Titans have been playing him at, at swing tackle – uh, more on the right side is than the reporting from from camp and then in practices and stuff, but to go from not even sure you're going to be active in this game to starting at left tackle the position you haven't been practicing a ton in um, and and being serviceable and giving your quarterback just enough time to make some incredible plays that's a that's absolutely a win for a rookie. i'm I'm sure he feels incredible and he should.
0: Yeah, and that's what, I mean, Verbal said in, in his postgame that, you know, he prepared this week to be the swing tackle. So I, I'm assuming that means that they were expecting to start Kendall Lamb at left tackle, right. Barry at right, until today when Lamb tests positive for COVID. And so then rand has got to fill in. And like you said, I mean, there was there was one play where he got beat pretty badly. And I think it resulted in a sack. But other than that, you didn't notice him tonight. And that's what you want from offensive lineman, right? You, you want for their name not to be called on the broadcast um, you know Greg Olson I thought did a great job comparing you, you know when he's talking about the Titans missing Hunter Henry uh, when he's clearly talking about Derek Henry um, <laughs> you, you know so that, that was a really really good prep very
1: similar team. athletes yeah, right I mean, it's yeah, yeah understandable yeah. they look uh, you know, the same exactly same yeah. same guy basically
0: but anyway no I, I mean I, I thought that anyway to circle back it, it seemed like in the first half, Todd Downing was afraid of his offensive line. And again, I, I mean, I said in a tweet at halftime, like, I get it. I understand why he is, you know, calling plays the way that he is. But at the same time, this is a football game, and you have to try to go win it. And it just seemed like at times in the first half, and I know there were, you know, boos a couple of times in the first half. I think it was a third and
1: 15 oh, when they called yeah. a draw. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, um, where <laughs> a couple and of the second and ten run plays? Right, yeah. Oh hey, I was tweeting right, a, a just a second, full chain of second and ten run uh, plays. At that second one eighteen, point. second whatever. Um, they the, the on first plays. and second down, especially in the first half, were putting themselves in such poor position. They were shooting themselves in the foot repeatedly, taking penalties, dr- you know, dr- draw plays on second and eighteen. Screen the, their screen game from this team remains awful, so bad. But you know. They managed to convert on, uh, uh, it it sounds like, I can't find the stat, I'm looking for it, frantically can't find it. But it sounded like uh, this was a a historic number of third and long conversions from any team. Uh, The Titans had a number of third and tens, third and twelves that they converted tonight, and it was the difference. And I don't understand, And, and the screenplay has
0: been an issue, it seems like, as long as they've been the Titans. I mean, I can't remember the time in the last, we're at, what, 23 years now that the Titans have been here. I can't well, remember. Let's clarify. The
1: this, this screen game to Derrick Henry has been pretty it, good, actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: Outside of him, it's, awful. It's a disaster. It, Total dumpster it, fire. it always has been, and I don't understand why they call them. I don't understand. And that that's a thing. If you want to ding Ryan Tannehill for something um, other than, you know, we, we talked about how he's had stupid throws that have, have resulted in picks at times. Yep. But throw a screen to the ground. Um yeah. I think it was the first one, right? The very first play they had an offense tonight. Uh-huh. Where, it, you know, he he completed Hilliard it, for to a Hilliard. loss of three or four. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> no, it was eight. It was eight, I think. I, I oh, think was it a was a ton. Like the, okay, good. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it was, was second eighteen after that play. Um, yeah, that, it was that's a play that has design. to just go at Hilliard's feet. And then you have second and ten instead of second and eighteen. They would have handed it off on second and ten. I mean obviously that would have been the case. But I'm sure, yeah. um yeah, you know, just, I mean, I don't know the, the the screen game for whatever reason, whether it's a running back, or whether it's a wide receiver. Um, and again, like you said, with, with Henry, it has absolutely worked at times. But other than that, it's it's been a disaster as long as they've been here. Um, just doesn't work for whatever reason. And you see the the forty out there running them very successfully, and it, week in and week out, we see the whoever the Titans are playing ha- has success in the screen in the screen game, and the Titans can't for whatever reason. But um, y- you know. Listen, th- th- at the end of the first half, I mean, and I, I think you tweeted it at-, at halftime. Like we have been, we we we're the most reasonable Titans podcast there is, right? I mean, we are right. perfectly reasonable with looking Tripping at dripping and
1: objectivity, right, Over here, what yeah. has
0: happened in and in- assigning blame proportionally to the different parts of the offense that have been the issue. Um, we talked about issues with Todd Downing's play call. We talked about issues with. Ryan Tannehill's decision. We talked about the issue with the offensive line, and, and you know, kind of trying to spread the blame out evenly, or not necessarily evenly, but proportionally, uh, across that that group of of people. Um, but tonight, I, I really did think in the first half that doubting was basically just, uh, you know, I don't know if waving the the white flag is is the right way to put it,
1: but it just seemed like he was scared to. He was scared. He was yeah, calling it scared. Th- Absolutely, Absolutely, he was. Absolutely. He was.
0: And, you know, I said, and we talked about this, I mean, back before A.J. got hurt, like, is there a point where you should manufacture touches to get him the ball? And then they had the third and three where they, you know, do a little, I mean, a pop pass or whatever it's called, basically a run, to A.J. Brown. Right. And I understand if, if Hilliard makes a block, it's there, and blah, blah, blah. But that, that's not exactly what we're talking about. But, In the second half, it seemed like, okay, we have A.J. Brown here. We're going to get him the ball, and we're we're going to see what happens. And the result in that is he has 16 targets in the game, 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. That's what you want, right? I mean, that is you have a top-ten receiver in the league. Get him the ball. Scheme things to get the ball in his hands and see what happens. And they did that in the second half, and they had a lot of success with that.
1: Yeah, they did. And, you know, (laughs) the difference in this game really was A.J. Brown, right? I mean, it was, it could not have been any more clear in the second half in particular. But in, but I mean, in the first half, I believe he had uh, two, three catches, I think. I mean, the Titans only had 55 yards of offense. Their first drive after the half, they had as many yards as they had in the entire first half, for reference. They had three first downs, 55 yards of offense. Uh, just a, a train wreck of a game. Uh, it was a miracle that they were still in it. Yeah. Um, and and I tweeted this out in the second half when, actually, was it? Did did Jimmy G throw both of his interceptions in the first half? No, at least one of one them. in each. Yeah, one in each. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in the in the second half, when Jimmy G threw his second interception, I tweeted out that it it, it is it it was the most impressive thing I've seen in a long time. That that somehow. The Titans' offense was in attendance at the game tonight, and and somehow Jimmy G was managing to be the worst thing in this stadium tonight. Like he was, he was so. I mean, he was just the reason they lost the game. It, yeah. It, and and um, I saw I saw somebody I forget I forget who I saw somebody tweet next week that uh, that potentially Trey Lance era starts for San Francisco because they play Houston. I don't think that's actually the case because they're still trying to get into the playoffs, but uh, his days are numbered, obviously. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, but he's he's incredibly, incredibly limited, and you saw that tonight. And you saw – I tweeted this out earlier this week, and I said this on my podcast all week that that I believe it was on Monday. I said I'm becoming increasingly convinced as I went back and watched tape. <coughs> From the Pittsburgh game as I just looked over the numbers and, and thought about the Titans the last couple of weeks I said I'm becoming increasingly convinced that the Titans will in the the remaining regular season games this doesn't go for the playoffs I stipulated that when I tweeted it out but in their remaining regular season games the Titans will win every game in which they win the turnover battle and they will lose every game in which they lose the turnover battle and that it's really really that simple and and it was tonight they won the turn- turnover battle two to nothing And they won the game. Um, And, and, you know, in the playoffs, it's a different story, I think, uh, slightly. Although, obviously, winning the turnover battle in any game is, I mean, it's been famously said, more games are lost in this league than are won. And the number one way to lose a game is to turn the ball over. And the Titans didn't do that tonight. They took the ball away. From the Niners, and it was clearly, you know, the reason that they were stayed in this game. A big, a big interception in the end zone from Rabbit Jenkins when the Niners are about to take a fourteen nothing lead and potentially just run away with this game. A massive uh, uh, interception from Imani Hooker that gives the Titans great field position to get on the board for the first time, or to get on the board with a touchdown for the first time in the game and tie it up. Those are the things that this game, you know, ends up. When you when you go back at this game pivoted on on those big plays, obviously, and uh, it was it was a combination of taking care of the ball, being a disciplined team in that way, uh, taking the ball away, and when they took the ball away, promptly getting it to AJ Brown as much as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we've talked about that, right? That if they could just stop with the turnovers, that it, it's a completely different conversation. Regressive
1: stat. It's a regressive yeah. stat. Yeah, you you've been <laughs> minus that. four, yeah. minus four to positive two. It's not right?
0: predictive. I told yeah. you it wasn't. Yeah, you've been you've been especially fumbles, right? I mean, that's the thing that's it's yeah. so crazy is that the Titans keep losing those fumbles. But yeah, um, and, and I mean, I would say that even in the playoffs, it's even more important, right? Because when you, we're talking about evenly matched teams, um, the the turnover battle, yeah, it battles, definitely is more important. Yeah.
1: My my point in stipulating it was. I was, I was basically saying the only thing the Titans need to do differently is not turn the ball over. That they could play exactly how they played in Pittsburgh and win out in the regular season their next three games if they didn't turn the ball over. Now, I think they they have to play better than that and not turn the ball over in the playoffs in order to win games, is my point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. against their remaining teams, especially the, the hardest of which, obviously, is the Niners, which they just got out of the way, you know, with Miami and then at Houston, in those two games, if they just play average football and do not turn the ball over they absolutely should beat both of those teams
0: yeah absolutely and like you said i mean that the the pick in the end zone was huge because massive yeah i it was mean it's to be a runaway game really right yeah if you go because i mean it was touchdown and then the titans had what six plays for eight yards um on the yeah. next drive and then they punt it and then the 49ers marched right down the field again and if they go at fourteen nothing there, I think it's a it's a completely different deal. And even though the Titans didn't get any points on that, um, just to, just to hold there, and then they get them, you know, a field goal on the next drive uh, for, from the 49ers and then to in the half that way down ten nothing, um, and then you know, knowing that they were going to get the ball to start the second half, go down, and get a field goal to start the second half, get the interception, turn that into points because that that was that was a crucial point as well. Um, because, you know, when you get an interception like they did, because it was what, I mean, when Imani Hooker picked that pass, he ran it back to, I think, the 49ers' 21-yard in- line.
1: Yeah, inside the 25. Right, yeah. so, I mean, that's,
0: again, when you talk about turning points in a game, and there you know can be multiple multiple turning points inside of a game, that was definitely one for the, for the Titans there. And, and to be able to, I mean, pretty, they went, what, four place right there um, yeah. You know, five, five yards to McNichols on, on the first one. Uh, McNichols goes 10 yards on the second, incomplete pass, and then he, he, Foreman, three-yard rush for a touchdown. Um, and then it's like, okay, now, now we, we kind of reset. Um, they've established that they can stop the 49ers on defense and that they can do at least something to move the ball on offense. And, again, right. I, I, don't, I don't know what the conversation was like at halftime But to me, there had to be something, whether it was Vrabel to Downing or A.J. Brown to Vrabel, whoever, like, hey, (laughs) I'm here, get me the ball, you know. And it it seemed like it was a a concerted effort from that point on to target him. And that's the thing that we talked about, um, you know, like I said, all the way back to before he got hurt, you know, in a couple of those games where it's like, you don't have Derrick Henry. You've got an offensive line that's struggling. You don't have Julio Jones, or at least he's in and out of the lineup. Um, you have a guy who is a dominant playmaker, manufacturer ways to get in the ball, and right. it seemed like in the second half, it was like, okay, we're gonna drop back, we're gonna look for AJ Brown. We're gonna, yep. <laughs> if he's not open, then we'll fight, figure out what goes from there. And you know, we talked so much about last week when you don't have Julio in the second half, you don't have AJ you're playing with practice squad guys, it makes it so much harder. When you've got A.J. out there, and he's the first read every time, then when you look off of that to find other guys, Nick Westbrook-Akina makes a couple of plays, mean, Nichols continues to you know be effective in his role, but right. those guys can be role players instead of having to be the focus of the offense, and yes. it's
1: just so much different
0: when that's the case.
1: Right, and obviously A.J. was the primary guy tonight, but... I don't think it can be understated how having both AJ and Julio out there changes this offense. Um and and I for one was shocked Julio was was even in the game today. Um and he had one big big time catch. Right. Wasn't of much game. of a factor yeah. outside of that, but played a lot of the game and and I'm if you when we go back and look at the tape this week, I guarantee the attention that he's drawing, um is still very significant to the way that the defense plays this titans team and changes the the things that this titans team was able to do and not to mention when you have both of them out there julio jones still demands a certain amount of attention that gives other guys including aj brown room to operate and so that's why you you didn't see you know a situation like like green bay had with devante adams last week where it was just doubling him blatantly uh, without shame, putting two cornerbacks on him every play, like AJ Brown. If it had just been him this game, they may have gotten to that point where it was just we're gonna double AJ Brown uh, very explicitly on every single play and try to take him out of the game. But they couldn't because Julio Jones is out there uh, on a number of the plays. So it was pretty significant to have both of those guys out there. I think the Julio is dead narrative is, goes on the back burner for now. Um, he's you know he's not he's not dead yet. He's he's gotten close a number of times. I think, frankly, I think if he can, 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 eh, 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 if he can continue to contribute, and that's a fun one. If he (laughs) can continue to contribute uh, the, the amount that he did in this game or more in a playoff run, I think given the way that this year has gone, I think that's a win, honestly. Um, And, and that's the, you know, the expectations lowered dramatically, obviously from when he came in, but, I think given his health situation, if you can salvage that kind of impact on the offense from him, at this point, I think you have to take that, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I was shocked that he was out there tonight. Um, you know, when they came off, uh, what was it, yesterday, I guess, when they he didn't have a, an, an injury designation heading into the right. Do you think game? in
1: Pittsburgh they just, they just put him on ice and know. thought that they could do it? They, I, I'm increasingly thinking that was the case. And they, yeah, they deemed him it, out and couldn't go back on it.
0: That that piece of it is is confusing to me how he couldn't finish yeah, Sorry, I had half. to put my
1: tinfoil hat yeah, on. Yeah, no,
0: no, no. no, I'm with you. Like, I don't understand why he couldn't finish the game, but he was fine to go this week. And it doesn't matter, right? I mean, um, <laughs> ultimately. Who cares at this point? And, and listen, we talked about how this game right here. So now you, you've completed this Thursday night game. I don't know. Who didn't finish the game? I think they escaped this game pretty healthy.
1: Um, they had one guy go down and get medical attention. Naquan, which was, right? Uh, Naquan Jones, yeah. who he got up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming they went to uh, television timeout. Yeah. On that, but he got up pretty, pretty quickly. And when he got off, I mean, he he kind of jumped up, had a little, had a little skipping his step, and and left the field quickly. And then he came back in the game. It, yeah. it seems like he was fine. So yeah, it sounds like um, they avoided any injuries, at least any explicit ones. So now you've got
0: you, you know the extra three or four days here to to for guys to rest up and get healthy. Um, yeah, this mini buy. Yeah. I mean it's
1: going to be the healthiest the Titans have been in a long time, right? Because you right? got AJ, you have got Julio, you have uh, your running back stable. Besides Derrick Henry, is all good to go. You assume, you're assuming that Roger Saffold will get off the COVID. It sounds like based on his Twitter activity this week that he was going to be a go until he got put on the COVID list. Yeah. So it sounds like health wise outside of COVID, which obviously we hope, we hope he's fine. Right. Um, he's, he's going to be good to go when he can get off the COVID list. You're assuming that Lawan will be back, but you know, who knows? I I, I would think he's back. Um, so you'd have your full starting offensive line back ready to go on defense. They're pretty much entirely healthy. Um. So it it kind of it's kind of going to be everyone but Henry back to go if right. I'm if I'm not missing anybody. Yeah, right? because not finished in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, I don't, right, he, he was finished in the there game at the end of the game,
0: and obviously whatever happened happened, you know, a- after that game throughout
1: this. It game. makes you think it was like he pulled a muscle or something, right? And, tightened up, and, and who so knows? you would
0: think, and we know with Saffold, I mean, he's been banged up all year, has played through pretty much everything until this week, a short week. But like you said, you you get a little bit of extra time here. Um, I don't know, like uh, with the COVID thing, I think pretty much everybody's vaccinated uh, from my, my understanding on the team. So there's nobody that has to be out.
1: Is that, so Cunningham I, I is not, but that's guy is I know According, according not.
0: to David Cully, right? Um,
1: yeah. But, you know. Not so, to out but, your own players or anything, but let's just right. throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, He's not on the team anymore, cause unvaccinated. The unvaccinated guys have a mandatory 10 days, right? But everybody right. else, it's basically like, once they can pass a test, you know. Once they it doesn't show up for them anymore, they can they can return pretty much the next day you know, yes. if they test negative. So, um, and I mean that would be something to keep an eye on because we've seen there's, I and mean, I can't remember it's it's like close to three hundred players now, right? That are it on the COVID list. So many players in the league. Yeah. Um, the Titans have dealt with that. It seems like more so than any other team before this year. They've escaped it to this point this year. So we'll we'll see how that kind of plays out. If they're going to deal with it, it'd be really nice if they deal with it the next couple of days, right? Um, So that you can kind of clear everybody through that and and get them back from Miami on January second. But again, we don't we don't know how that how that'll all play out. But yeah, I mean, David Long is is the I guess the guy right that we're still kind of watching, right? um, Yes, who hasn't? It's been how long for him? Six weeks now. This will, further than that, uh, maybe.
1: I, I believe this is his sixth missed game, seven weeks, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, so that's a thing, I guess that they just didn't didn't know how long that was going to last, or they didn't. And want it's a to hamstring
1: long. injury. I mean, you see that pretty often, right? They're just—it's such a finicky injury. You don't know, you don't know how how long it'll take.
0: But again, you get the the additional three or four days here. Um leading up to that, so hopefully. Right, and by
1: just a, just a side note on Long, I saw a couple of people on Twitter this week saying they should just put him on IR already, which I just have to say is really stupid because yes. <laughs> it, it benefits them none to put him on IR at this point. They It would have made sense back at the time, but they, sure. they didn't know how long it would be. Obviously, they would have put him on IR if they thought it would have taken as long as it has, but they didn't, and at this point, it you would just guarantee he couldn't play until the playoffs. in and, and, people are saying, you know, it saves them a roster spot. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they've gone like two months where on Sunday they don't have – they're not even filling every roster spot. They're calling up practice squad guys to fill roster spots because they don't hold the full 53. So they're not dying for roster spots, yeah. guys. Yeah, clearly. They're not, they're, not act, they're not pulling people up to the active roster constantly to make sure they're always at 53. It's it's dumb. Yeah. But uh, anyways <laughs> – I have a couple of numbers I want to run through just uh, to put my numbers hat on for a second. Sure. And then, and then, if you don't have anything else, we can go to our uh, hot take segment if yeah. if you're ready to move on to that. Okay. So, just continuing my my uh, series here on the Titans playoff calculator numbers rundown. Uh, I am. It, it brings me much glee to announce <laughs> that uh, that uh, as I've been saying since Halloween. The Titans uh, ha- won this division in October. Uh, the Colts have been dead. They remain dead. Uh, they will they will remain dead for the rest of this season. Uh, the Titans now have to go 0-2 for the Colts to win the AFC South. And only, only then uh, if the Colts go 3-0 in their next three would they be the winners of the division. So they need the Titans to lose out. When the Colts need to win out, which includes a game in Arizona on Christmas night this this Saturday, yeah, big big Cardinals fans this week. Titans fans, you might get a little a a a bonus Christmas night gift from uh, the Red Sea out there in Arizona. So pulling hard for the Cardinals. Which that game, I mean, how do you I I, how do you handicap that game? Not to get on a tangent, but uh, like. The Colts can't be expected like you're not going to get that version of Arizona that you saw last week, right? Like you surely, think so. surely they'd bounce back. That's going to be an interesting game, nonetheless. I don't think it's a great matchup for Arizona, personally, but we'll see. Maybe you know, maybe you can ask Santa for Carson Wentz to be Carson Wentz. Um, but anyways, per the New York Times uh, playoff calculator, which I use very often. The Titans now have a 98% chance to win the division. So, like I've said, all along, division settled in October, settled on Halloween when the Colts uh, got swept by the Titans on Halloween afternoon. It is it. They made a nice push. It was an impressive uh, try, but it was too little too late. Like I said, it was going to be. <laughs> Love it. So, uh, sorry, Colts fans. Better luck next year. Now, in terms of the AFC one seed, which... I know you were very upset last week. You told <laughs> that the It's not in play. I I regret to inform you, the AFC one seed is still statistically in play for the Titans. And it's not even that much of a long shot. No, so their it's win,
0: really
1: not. Their win tonight brought them from twelve percent chance at the one seed to now a twenty four percent chance. So about a one in four chance. Obviously, not, you know more likely than not they're not the one seed, but a one in four chance is a significant chance. Um, and a lot of how they come out of this week will depend on how two games go this weekend. So they join Kansas City with this win in the double-digit win club in the AFC. Kansas City and Tennessee are the only two AFC teams with 10 wins. Uh, Kansas City sits at 10-4. and four. The Titans sit at 10-5. and five. So the Titans temporarily move into the second seed the Kansas City game which they play Pittsburgh this weekend uh, they host Pittsburgh and then New England hosts Buffalo so both of these games will determine where the Titans stand at the end of the week in terms of the one seed because those it's it the one seed is going to either Kansas City New England well i say that the one seed is either going to Kansas City New England i guess technically Buffalo or Tennessee, although I I think Buffalo... I'd have to look at the numbers. I I really doubt it. It's going to be Buffalo. So it's probably just Kansas City, New England, or Tennessee. Although, big for Buffalo this weekend. Buffalo fans, you thought they were dead. You thought (laughs) they were dead, and then if they win this game, they're going to win the division, which is wild. Um, Wild swing of events after they lost that game to New England and then lost in Tampa Bay, and you're like, wow, Buffalo, disappointing. But here they are. New England lost to Indy, and and this game is for the division for them. So it's a massive game not just for Buffalo, but for the Titans as well. So here's the breakdown on the numbers for the Titans odds for the one seed based on how those games go. And I just have to point out, Kansas City hosting Pittsburgh sounds like an easy W until you realize uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are both on the COVID current, first. Yeah. So, you know, Patrick Mahomes might be getting the Ryan Tannehill treatment this weekend. I'm not, he's going to be John Travolta looking around with his arms up. Who, like, who do I throw to? Because the rest of their wide receivers, I'm here to tell you, the rest of their weapons no, are all rough. gadget guys. Yeah. They're gadget guys. They're yeah. not. They're not. I mean, Byron Pringle and Mikko Hardman are not. Are not going to be Tyreek Hill. Not even close. And their backup tight end. Do you know who he is? No idea. I don't. Know. Doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, not not Travis Kelsey. Um. So that game's not a lock for them, obviously. Yeah but we will see how that game goes and how you know there's a chance those guys come back from the covid list although it's right. unlikely so if both new england and i'm going to you know i'm just i'm i'm on full stammer mode it's late i'm sorry but if both new england and kansas city win their games this weekend titans drop back down to the 3rd seed and their percent uh, their odds percentage at the 1 seed uh, drops from 24% to 11% if new england wins, New England beats Buffalo, but Kansas City loses. They have a 23% chance. If Kansas City wins, but New England loses to Buffalo, they have a 27% chance at the one seed. And if both lose, both Kansas City and New England, both lose their games, the Titans have a 55% chance at the one seed. And not only do they have a 55% chance at the one seed, they then once again control their own destiny. So, if both of those teams lose, Fifty-five percent chance is is a fun number if you're a Titans fan. But an even more fun uh, statistic is the fact that if both of those games go the way the Titans want them to, the Titans just have to win out. They don't need any more help. Right. Yeah. And we talked
0: about how big it was. I mean, for you know, talking about controlling their own destiny to get into the playoffs, and how even if they lost this game tonight, that you you know, win the last two and they're in. Their end. Um, That's right. If the, if the Colts were to lose to the Cardinals, then they just have to win one of the last two. So now the magic number's one. So whatever combination of a Colts loss and a Titans win from here on out gets them at least in the playoffs, like you said. So, you know, obviously if you're a Titans fan, which I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to us, um, you're cheering for the Steelers and the Bills. The I like fans.
1: to imagine it's just Niners fans. Crying <laughs> yeah. into yeah. a bowl of ice right. cream. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah,
0: like you said, I mean that's huge. I mean the the difference between twenty four percent and fifty five percent is, I mean obviously you know thirty, but um, <laughs> just in terms of like what that means, it's, it's only the smartest analysis right? on home run throwback. Uh, exactly, it's, it's that's an astronomical difference in in the it is. In there. Um, and, and so, and like you said, I mean, I, I'm assuming that Kelsey and, and Tyreek are both vaccinated. I think we would have heard if they weren't, because they would yes. have already been declared out for this game. And I haven't seen that anywhere. So there's a chance that those those guys could pl- could clear. I, I know for a fact
1: that Kelsey is and right. Hill. You'd assume. I mean, you, you haven't seen him in right. a mask and press conferences. You haven't heard yeah. he's out. So you assume, and you've but even seen- then. You've only seen we've only seen one uh, person come off the COVID list in time in the same week they were put on the COVID list. Right. So, so yeah, unlikely. Um,
0: yeah. So not great for you know one of my fantasy teams that's still alive because I have Tyreek. But um, oh no, you know nah, it doesn't matter. Like we'll, we'll cheer for the Run. Titans in my uh, fantasy
1: league this week. Uh, there was a matchup where both Debo Samuel and AJ Brown were on the bench. There you go. One each each team had one, uh, and they they basically traded traded rook for rook by neither team playing those guys. Imagine not playing A.J. in this game. uh, uh, Right. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) anyways.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's huge. And again, um, we've said this all along, right? I mean, get in, get Derrick Henry back, get hopefully A.J. healthy, Julio to whatever extent you can get him. And like you said, just having him out there is a big deal. Whether or not he's healthy, whether or not he's – Julio Jones of you know the past whatever, um, having all those guys on the field is going to be a big deal and it's going to cure a lot of ills that this offense has seen, um, and so they're trending in a, in a good way there. And again, you you get the extra days here, so hopefully that's that's what we're looking at. So
1: um,
0: yeah. I mean <laughs> nothing but nothing but good. Um, despite you know the halftime, you know whatever. From tonight, I mean, things are, are really looking up for what you, you hope for this team going into the postseason. So
1: huge, right. huge win tonight. Uh, you know. All right, do we want to get into overreaction Friday? Let's do it, man. All right, we got five responses. Five. Thanks to these five people. At Very short, very late notice because we're recording this direct I And mean, if you don't know, you're going to hear this on Friday morning or later, but we're recording this at like 1130 yeah. at night on Thursday night, right after the game. Um, so you had about an hour to respond to these five of you that got your responses in way to be on top of it. And you're going to get shouted out on the show. So congratulations. <laughs> if you don't know how this works, we send out a tweet directly after the Titans games asking for all of your hot takes on the Titans. Uh, and then we just judge you for them. <laughs> we go through and decide what is an overreaction and what is got some, got some truth to it. Right. Got, yeah. He's got, got a good point. Um, and so we are going to go through these five. Uh, the first of which comes uh, our first repeat, uh, entry for this segment is Caleb Searle, who I mispronounced your name last week, but <laughs> our guy, he went on Twitter and let me know how to pronounce his name. It's like Earl with an S in front. I'm, if I'm, if I'm wrong again, I'm going to be so sad, but I think that's right. Caleb Searle at Caleb underscore Searle. He says, AJ Brown, the dog. Now unfortunately that's uh not a hot take even remotely clearly he is the dog but uh you know thanks for the entry anyways uh <laughs> is that an overreaction Jimmy
0: <laughs> No listen I mean we we talked about it all along um he he's the guy and he, and this offense can run through him without Derrick Henry out there we saw it tonight um you, you know not not a whole lot to to discuss there I mean having him out there is a
1: huge
0: huge difference for this team
1: Yeah all right. Uh, our next one comes from Phil Morris. That's at my dad. Morris 20- is it actually? Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, Mr. Yeah, Morris right. giving us a hot take. All right. So, all right. So, Mr. Morris says, the Titans continue to amaze me in how they can rise to the occasion when they are in a seemingly impossible situation, but can't dominate the teams that they should. Yes, Mr. Morris, welcome. <laughs> you have, you have. You have synthesized the entire being of the Tennessee Titans in one sentence.
0: Right, and that's the thing, right? I mean, in these games where everybody counts them out, they, they find a way to win. Um, yeah. And it's, it's you know, I was watching the the pregame on NFL Network tonight, and they had three people pick the game. I about to say, they pick all the, all pick the other teams. Yeah, right? I yeah, I mean, go back to the Rams game on Sunday night. Everybody picked the Rams. The Titans win that game. Go that's, back to the New Orleans game. Everybody right? picked the Buccaneers yeah. for for whatever reason, um, and it, that's been a thing for the whole Mike Vrabel era. These games, well, the old where, the old
1: guard underdog gods, and in, in like the betting circles, right, were were Sean Payton has always been an underdog god, and the biggest is Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin yeah. in a Mike Tomlin spot has always been the guy. Well, I think I think Mike Vrabel is kind of new age underdog god. Like, yeah. I need to I need to this is probably an off season article that I'll write. Um, but I need to look at the numbers. It feels like that's just when he's in an underdog spot, bet Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Right.
0: And and you know, whatever it is, you know, we, we heard about him being a leader of men, right? That was the whole thing when right. we hired him. But whatever it is, he can he can rally the troops in, in these in these weeks where no one gives him a chance. And I mean, time and time again, you see that happen. And tonight was no exception to that.
1: Right. All right. Our third hot take to be judged. Come. F- co- ooh, wow, this is a fun one. Comes from Mike. Uh, Kamizan? Kamizan? <laughs> Comes from Mike. So <laughs> at Mike underscore K-A-M-Y-S-Z. That's a, yeah, if you want to <laughs> let me know how to spell it or how to say that one, Mike, be my guest. But, you know, Mike, he says, despite scoring 20 in the second half, Todd Downing, still a bad offensive coordinator.
0: <laughs> Listen, I take he was over, overreaction. Yeah. I mean, I, we have been on the you can't evaluate Todd Downing on this year based on circumstances, right? I mean that that's kind of been our our thing here. Um, the The first half was bad. There were multiple times in the first half where it felt like he was just trying to not have something bad happen you can't win nfl games like that i understand why it, i mean it makes sense why he would he would call plays like that but they they seem to get out of it a little bit in the second half so credit to him on that i think there are still you know ways that he can grow and improve um i was ready to you know fire me into fire him into the sun that's a new expression right that everybody likes to use right um <laughs> you know after the first half but to his credit Came back in the second half. They obviously made whatever, and it seemed like the adjustment was, let's do whatever we can to to get the ball to A.J. Brown. Um, And so that's smart coordinating, right? Get the ball to your playmakers. And so, again, I'm not ready to say that he's fantastic and he's great and I, I can't wait to see what he does going forward. But at the same time, he redeemed himself at least a little bit in the second half tonight.
1: I'm going to take a very firm stance on this. I'm going to say this is a big overreaction and is dead wrong. And here's why. I, and I've said it already on this podcast a number of times, just brutal how bad the coordination was in the first half of this game. Not an opinion, just plainly factual, horrible, so bad. Like you said, fire it into the sun and tie him to the rocket ship. However, I do still think it is unfair for us, and this is this was our justification last week. It's been our justification for not killing him for most of the season. I don't think it's fair to judge a new coordinator when they are thrown into the fire with circumstances in terms of player personnel that are just untenable and constantly changing. And that's what he's dealt with, right? Not only has it been a revolving door... At almost every position, but quarter at, at, at not almost at every position, but quarterback and and center, I guess, but the whole offensive line has been a turnstile as well. It's also been really really great players gone and really bad ones to replace them. Um, and so I don't think it's fair to judge them based off how they do in that circumstance. I think it's much more fair to wait until there's some stasis to see if there's any growth. Because how are you meant to grow if you're not given – I mean, even if – it, it. here's the thing. Even if the situation in terms of the players he had to deal with was really bad, but it was constant, right? Like, Like the Titans lost their stars, and he was dealing with the same scrub squad for six weeks. Well then you could at least say okay is he is there growth is he making progress here with this group right but it's it's on a it's it's impossible to to look at his performances this year and track growth track progress because the the players his chess pieces are constantly changing and and in this game I think it's the perfect example of he took some time a whole half to figure out how to use this weird set of tools that he was given because he was he was given a really ragtag offensive line something that you know in, in ragtag in terms of personnel yeah. he'd not dealt with in a couple of weeks he dealt with the main personnel of late all of a sudden he's he's got a, a guy he's never had start at any, at any position uh, on the offensive line starting at left tackle and he's got a uh, right tackle who's not a uh, backup but should be that he's already having to deal with and he's got a backup left guard. So, you know, two and a half to three of the offensive linemen shouldn't have been in there to begin with. And it was a disaster. And also, new, he's got Julio Jones and AJ Brown back on the field for the first time, which obviously an upgrade at player personnel, but it's it's something that he hasn't worked with lately. Ooh. I think clearly you saw progress on a on a very m- micro scale in this game. That same offense that we saw in the first half be so bad, and I cannot emphasize that emphasize, emphasize that enough. <laughs> so bad. We saw that same offense in that same game in the fourth quarter in a two minute drill, march on the field, and set up the winning field goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah. like you,
1: and, and so I, yeah, that's all I have to say. Go
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean they've got a guy in Dylan Radens that they clearly don't want to play at tackle, at least not this year. They
1: clearly don't want to play right. him at all. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> great point. And you know, until whatever, whatever time the COVID test came back today, he was not going to be the left tackle, right? Kendall
1: Lamb was going. He might to be not the have been tackle. I mean, he, he. We're assuming he'd have been active, right? Frankly. Yeah, yeah. They called up all those practice squad guys. Sure. So. You know, and I remember,
0: I, I think it was Jonathan Hutton at the be- beginning of the year said, you know, Todd Downing has been handed the keys to a Porsche. What does he do with it? Well, he hasn't been able to drive Someone took Porsche. a baseball bat to <laughs> yeah. all the windows
1: yeah. of right. that car like five yeah. seconds into He hadn't gotten to the end of his driveway right. in this season metaphor before somebody yeah.
0: p- punctured all four of his tires. <laughs> so – Listen, I mean, again, there are clearly questions that we can ask. There are clearly questionable things that have gone on. But they made it work tonight, and they scored, what, 20 points in the second half. So, I mean, you know. Right, 17 uh, unanswered points. Yeah, so, points. Hey. yeah.
1: Okay, last overreaction, and then we're getting out of here because I'm exhausted. Yeah. This is actually two of them, but they're they're pretty much the same. Um, so I'm going to tie them together. These come from. The first, Jimmy Fleming at Jimmy flem 50 He says, Raiden's earned some more playing time tonight. Game didn't seem too fast for him. And then Will Netterville at W Netterville. He says, Raiden's earned a start at right tackle next week. So they're they're both Raiden's involved. Well, actually, we'll split them into two. The first one, I think, is less of a hot take than the second one. The first one, just that Raiden's earned some more playing time and that the game didn't seem too fast for him. We've already covered this a little bit. But do we think that's an overreaction? No, I mean, he he held up well.
0: And like you said, I mean, we'll need to see grades in film and, and all those things to, to really know how good or bad it was. But I, I think he needs to be in the mix at right tackle. And I, I right. don't know what the, the issue has been. Clearly, the co- this coaching staff has an issue with getting him out there. And it took, you know, Lawan being down, Kendall Lamb testing positive for COVID to get him on the field. But
1: I mean, do you think it was just that they didn't want to throw him out there before they felt they absolutely needed to that? It was just a mental thing and they didn't want to throw him out there before he was ready and set him back. I mean, were they just being super sheltering?
0: I don't. I I mean, I guess, but I I, I don't like that as a mentality. No, I don't agree with it. I'm trying to to figure out the rationale. uh, uh, That has to be it. Right. I mean, I can't think of another explanation for him not being out there. So, yeah.
1: Okay, and the second part was that he has earned a start right tackle. I mean,
0: that's really hard for us to say, right?
1: Right. Because – We've not seen him play right tackle. Yeah, we haven't seen him play right tackle.
0: I I think they absolutely drafted him with the idea that he would at some point this season be the right tackle Um, because Kendall Lamb slash Questenberry, whoever else – they that couldn't have been their plan, you know. Coming in, that couldn't have been their long term plan coming into this season. Now, for whatever reason, based on what they've seen in practice, whatever else, that that's how it's played out. But I, I think he has at least earned the right to be in that conversation. Now, again, that's way you know way higher than I could could even pretend to analyze as far as what that should be. But we know that Questenberry was has, has been terrible at times. Um, at best, he's been serviceable. I mean, that's that's the best. He actually been. played
1: really well for like three games, and then it's been all downhill. Yeah, the whole yeah. Season. And
0: he was, I mean, I just he was terrible in that Ravens game in the playoffs last Super year.
1: Super bad. Um,
0: yes. He was terrible on Sunday against the, against the Steelers. So um, I, that's obviously his floor is really low. I think his ceiling is serviceable. Right. So you, you hope that the guy that you draft in the second round can eventually overtake that position. They haven't they haven't had any desire <laughs> to make that the case, right? I mean, he's been inactive really not, yeah. more weeks than not. And the only time he has been active has been when they've had so many guys either injured or you know, whatever the reason has been. That's the only time that they, they've had him up on game day. But, listen, long week, um, played well held up at least, you know, enough in a, in a huge, you know, islands prime time game. Um, right. so I mean, I, I think it has to be at least the conversation that they're having in the building this week.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't have much more to add. I mean, just, you, you gotta feel good for the kid. I say yeah. kid. He's, I think, I think we're the same age, <laughs> um, but you got you gotta, you gotta feel good for the guy. Um, and you know, I think it's in terms of a start, you know, maybe if quest continues to be, Awful. Maybe you throw them in there and see what happens. Um, or, or maybe you get to a, a situation where I don't know. This is kind of playing with fire. But if you got to a situation where it's week seventeen, you know you've locked down the division already. Maybe you are either firmly out of the one seed conversation, or you're firmly in it and confident against a, a Texans team. Um, maybe you you. Try it out a little bit. That'd be, you know, be a little, a little gutsy. I think it would depend on how Questonberry played uh, in the Miami game, obviously. But looking to next season, I think absolutely they're going to try. I mean, Questonberry is clearly not the answer going forward. And so, if it's not, if it's not Raiden's at right guard or right tackle. It's, it's somebody. And frankly, you know, they need a lot of change on the offensive line. And, and I'm no, I refuse to jump down this rabbit hole now, but. Uh, yeah, they, they would like to have already have a, a guy who is one of the answers for the future for this line already in-house and not have to spend uh, additional resources at the position they drafted him to play. Right, yeah, um, that,
0: that's the thing for me. Like, if he can be in the conversation of being a starting piece for next year, that's enough. That, that, yes. That, that's enough for me.
1: Yes, absolutely, I agree. Okay, well, that's that's it. Thank I we're definitely going to continue to do this segment because I enjoy it and yeah, I like awesome. judging your my only I like judging your takes. My only request, thank you to the five that sent in uh responses. My only request is more of them, but more importantly, hotter takes. <laughs> let us know how you really feel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just lay it out there. What's the worst there. that can happen? Yeah. You get you get made fun of publicly on a podcast that a lot of people listen to. And that's not all that bad really, is it? Right. I don't think so. So let us know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, that will do it for tonight. Um, uh, like, uh, listen, imagine numbers of one uh, for all that this team has been through this season. Right. Um, you need one more win or one more Colts loss to win the division. You're still very much in play for yep. the number one seed, number two seed. I mean, you know, either way, um, to, to get a, at least one home playoff game, maybe two, maybe I mean, whatever it is. Um, right. So that's, like I said, with everything this team has been through this year, um that is that is definitely an accomplishment so that's right watch christmas um, night Colts yeah, cardinals absolutely so that'll do it for us tonight uh wishing all of you a very merry christmas um yeah jimmy the, hey
1: um, have a merry christmas yeah
0: me. you as well easton and, and again hey we can we can all be a little bit happier right and then that's if right. the, if the Colts lose on christmas night it'll be you know the greatest christmas we've had in a while so um <laughs> we'll, we'll take that um as well that's right all right, so we will be back next Sunday night, follow or you know a week from Sunday, following the Dolphins game. So on January second, um, right. So we will not talk to you again until the new year. Uh, I don't. What, what are your plans this week for Titans Ten?
1: I Think it's going to be regular schedule Tuesday through Friday. Might end up doing because the Titans game was Thursday night. Might do the recap this weekend, but with Christmas and everything, you know yeah. maybe it comes out Monday instead of Tuesday. But other than that, Monday through Friday, check it out Titans Ten. Uh, the Titans 10 wherever you get your podcasts we uh, we cover all the good stuff that you need to know about the Titans during the week because a lot goes on between the games sure absolutely so check that out
0: again get that wherever you get your podcast Home Run throwback wherever you get your podcast search that out uh, Broadwayhorse media.com we'll have plenty more on this game and plenty of previews heading into the Dolphins game follow us on Twitter I'm at Jay Morris NCM Easton is at Easton free. So, for Easton, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening. Everybody have a Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you again next week.
1: Merry Christmas. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.